Welcome to Cool Explorations. I'm your host, Tony Peters. Today we're going to be speaking to uh, country music star Tia McGrath, and she's a Canadian singer-songwriter, and uh, she's going to talk about her music that she's been uh, working on, uh, as well as uh, her new song, Go Your Own Way, as well as her work with the Dolly Parton Imagination Library and her book, Jake the Road Dog. So lots to cover today. going to be a great episode. Welcome to Cool Explorations. I'm your host, Tony Peters. Today we have a country music singer, and she is Canadian, which is awesome, Tia McGrath. Uh, and uh, we were just talking, and she has connections to my area here in Swift Current, which is so, so cool. So why don't you start off by telling us a little about yourself and uh, what you currently do? Hi, Tony. And I'm so grateful to be here today. Thank you. And, and uh, I am a um, singer-songwriter. I grew up in Southern Ontario on Lake Erie. And I moved to Nashville in 1999 after pursuing the Canadian country music scene. I moved to Nashville just to really further my career, my songwriting. And there I met my husband, Tommy Parham, who had moved there from Los Angeles. And so we have Prior to the pandemic, we were enjoying touring Canada, the United States, the UK. Uh, we've been out to Saskatchewan a number of times. We have family out there. And then the pandemic hit. And we're just like a lot of other people sitting around saying, you know, where is things going? What are we going to do? So we started digging through some boxes of old demo tapes. Um, we took some new ideas and we created this new EP with love and we're just so excited. This is the first probably um, album of my 11 that I've released that just came from us sitting at home, not trying to impress anyone, not because we had a product out there to sell on the road, but just because we wanted to create some beautiful music and share it with the world again. And COVID changed everything for so many people. And it's interesting how you saw the music industry reshape itself during covid and the way people did music it just changed completely and it actually i think in a lot of ways was for the better uh you see a lot more uh independent musicians starting to to get a little bit more view viewing uh, which is that's really right. cool that's right yeah and of course social media right social media is huge when i moved to nashville in like 1999 you needed to go there and get a publishing deal that was your big goal or, an, or a record deal um, I was always a little bit ahead of the curve because I realized early on in my career, and it was my father who championed me, he said, why don't you just start your own record label? So we had set up our own little record label called Bandana Records, and which was basically unheard of. You know, artists didn't do that. But I'm so happy that I did because that's what we're using now. We've kind of built it up. Um, and so so Tommy and I are still keeping on, keeping on. And, and as so many artists are, like you said, have the, have the opportunity through social media to build a career. Yeah, and it's I think it's fantastic to see a lot of these newer musicians not needing to go through record labels because you get such a different sound than you don't get the just the, the typical sound of country music or pop music it has to be something new and fresh now because people are hearing it and they're liking these different sounds uh rather than just the same old same old that you get from that's right Tony. and and tommy and i we were even though we were living in nashville he had his uh staff writing deals so he had demands on him you know that every week the publisher would say here's who's here are the major label artists looking for songs and you have to write for that we realized we wanted to say something different. And even though we weren't going to be on the broad, wide road, we were taking a narrower road. We had positive inspirational music and messaging that we wanted in our songs. 
And so we actually sat down with a big Nashville songwriter and he said, you guys aren't going to get, you know, you're not writing bar drinking songs. You're not, you know, go where your audience is. So we went to the Midwest. We actually started touring Kansas, Saskatchewan. And we realized, because I grew up in a rural community here with farming and that, we realized that our messaging, people were gravitating to it. They loved our story songs and our positive messaging. And so we said, you know, this is great. As long as we are making people happy, inspiring people, we love this, this demographic and that's where we're gonna, you know, go and be. Yeah, and when I write, I write songs that tell stories uh, I write songs that, you know, they do have that message of hope or inspiration in them. And uh, I, I love hearing that in music. And I love that with some of your songs, uh, including Go Your Own Way, uh, that, you, that you've recorded. Because it's just fantastic to hear that kind of stuff in songs. Because so much of it, like you say, is drinking, sex, like yeah. all these different right. subliminal messaging or obvious mm -hmm. messaging in it that we don't necessarily need to hear in the music. I don't want my kids listening to that music. That's right. And so it's nice to have options out there where it's like I can my kids can listen to music and be like, oh, yeah, like that. That's really cool. And did, did my son will even sometimes hear he'll be, he'll be singing a song. and I'm like, do you know what you're singing? And it's like, right. like right. pay attention to what you're singing or oh, what you're yeah. listening to. Yeah. Yeah. We were before the pandemic. Um, and I know we're going to discuss this a little bit later. Um, but I had my my children's book, Jake, the Road Dog, that I wrote. And in it, we put three songs. And um, so we were over in England and I had set up this, it was a beautiful event and, and we had so many more of these that were, that were being lined up as a result that had to be canceled during the pandemic. But this particular one we were at before, um, we went into a school in the afternoon and we played, I called them my songs and tales, T-A-I-L-S. And so I did an author reading from my book and then we played a few songs. We talked about songwriting. The kids were singing along with us. It was, this was in England. And then at night we did a, a benefit concert for the school. And so the kids showed up with their parents. And so we had there again, you've got older people, you've got grandparents, you've got young parents, you've got children all experiencing the gift of music together. And I had one dad come up to me and he said, I've got to thank you guys because I couldn't take my kids to London to see a concert like this. I couldn't afford it. And also, not only are you raising money for our school, but you've got us out as a family. And that really hit home for us. We thought, this is what we want to do. And so we started lining those up. And then, of course, like I said, during the pandemic, they had all canceled. So mm -hmm. we're hoping that now that things are calming down a bit, we can resume to that, that um, venue and, and type of theater setting and school events. Yeah, and I think that is is fantastic as well. Uh, so I'm going to backtrack a bit. Why don't we talk about your testimony? How have you seen God at work throughout your life, uh, throughout your music? Um, and uh, what was that moment when you came to Christ like? When I, I, I always knew Christ. I always knew Jesus. I was blessed to grow up in a family. I had a strong little Lutheran grandmother, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, um, and I remember as a little girl, like walking along, just talking to God and, and just, um, and my grandmother used to talk and I, and I thought, oh, she's crazy. Who's grandma talking to, you know? And then one day I remember I was home from Nashville and I was visiting her and she had a little apartment and I, and I said goodbye grandma and I got went to get on the elevator and I'm waiting for the elevator and she had her little apartment door open 
And I heard her say, Lord, please take care of her. And I realized at that moment, that's who my grandmother had been talking to all these years. It was Jesus. And so I thought, well, you know, that's where I get it from is my grandma. And in our music, like I said, Tommy and I always had this faith, but you doubt, you know, we're human. We're in an industry that is very, very difficult to always maintain the positive, you know, um, gee, you know, it'd be so easy to go over here and work with that person and whatever. But I remember the one day we had been in Colorado touring and had done a, had done a show and it was about a year later and Tommy and I, we were up in the morning, we're having our coffee and I said, I'm exhausted, Tommy, I'm frustrated. You know, things are changing in the industry. We're not, we're not where we want to be. I think it's time I just get a job, you know, put it aside and get a job. And he says, well, let's talk about it when I get home. So he went off to work that day and I opened up my computer and there was, Tony, there was this email that had just arrived from this man in Colorado who had been to the show the year before. And he said, Tia, I've got to share with you a story. He said, since I bought your CD at the last show, he said, my life fell apart. He said, I lost my job. I was drinking. Um, my marriage fell apart. I was at a real, real low point. And he said, I was dropping my 12-year-old daughter off at school and I was ready to end it. I was going to go home and I thought she deserves better than this. And he said, on the way to school, she said, dad, do you mind if we listen to a CD? And he said, sure. And he thought she was going to pick Taylor Swift or something, but she put in our CD. And he said, he's dropping her off at school as she's getting out of the car and he's waving goodbye to her. And he's thinking, this is it. This is the last time I'm going to see her. He said, our song, Hope is Everything, clicked in. Mm -hmm. And he sat there at the school and cried. And then he said he went home and he realized he knew at that moment that God had used that song to speak to him. And so he said he went home. He made the changes that he needed to make in his life. And he said, I've got to tell you that, that I've totally turned my life around. And I'm just so grateful that I had your music. And it was at that point, Tony, that I realized, you know, we just have to keep on doing what we're doing. And God's going to find a way to get it out there. And now we have beautiful podcast shows like, like, you know, like your show here that we're reaching people all around the world. So hopefully today there's someone listening who will find inspiration in this story as well. Yeah. And I, I love, I love hearing that. That uh, is such, such an important thing. And music does, it brings us closer to God in so many ways. Uh, and God can speak to us throughout our lives. Like your grandmother talking, uh, I do the same thing when I go for walks, uh, I do prayer yeah. walks. So I'm sure people think I'm crazy. But uh, it's just that that relationship and that closeness mm -hmm. to God, and it flows through into into music. Uh, what has it been like to work with your spouse uh, in the in <laughs> the music industry? Because I know for some people, uh, and my wife and I would probably not work very well together. But uh, how do you manage that? Well, it, that's a great question. <laughs> um, when Tommy and I first started touring together. Um, you know, we're, we're driving around England, we're driving around the States. And, and uh, I mean, it was, it was before GPS even, right? So I had all the printed maps and the printed, you know, directions and things. And of course, on the road, as musicians know, everything gets changed, you know, by the seat of your pants. So I remember the one day we did have a GPS and we were driving through the desert down in Tucson and the GPS took us literally to the middle of the desert. Like it picked this location. We're driving by Tucson. I said, Tommy, I think that's Tucson. They're, they're, we're driving by it. And he goes, oh, no, follow the GPS. So 
<laughs> so we ended up in the middle of the desert and we're there going, well, there's nothing here. Like, this is scary. So we laughed about it. And after that, Tommy kept saying, you know, GPS were our marriage counselors. They were <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for them. So sense of humor is a huge one. Um, we are best friends. Really, we are. And so and at the end, we're professionals. So at the when we step up on stage, the professionalism comes first and you leave everything behind. You know, um, if you're fighting over the toothpaste, the cap not being on toothpaste that morning, you just leave it behind. Right. Um, but then we're best friends. So we enjoy being in the car together, talking during the pandemic when people were saying, oh, my gosh, I'm home with my spouse. So I can't stand it anymore. We were like, yay. You know, we're, we're having fun. We can, you know, we're writing songs, we're, we're drinking coffee, we're, we're hanging out together and walking the dogs. You know, it's, it's literally like, it's just been easy for me. And I, and I got to say that honestly, because he's my best friend. So, and hopefully he can say the same. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> mm -hmm. Maybe he should come on and then we'll yeah. ask him the same question. <laughs> Uh, you have had some success uh, with your music uh, in terms of records and that kind of stuff. What kind of successes have you have you seen uh, throughout your career? Well, I like I said, I grew up a small town girl here in you know Lake Erie, and never dreamed that I would have the opportunities and the blessings that that have. And, and when you're younger, when I won the Canadian Open, you know I was on stage with Johnny Cash and June Carter on a TV show. Johnny invited me into June's dressing room to meet her. I didn't realize what, how big of a deal that was. You know, you don't when you're younger. Things, things started happening for me. I was working with Randy Bachman from, you know, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Um, he really enjoyed my music and so started inviting me out to Vancouver to do some writing with him and stay with, with he and his wife. And um, so these blessings happened and then I made my way to Nashville and doors opened and and I look back now and I see where God was orchestrating everything and it all, and 99.9% of it led to me meeting Tommy. I mean, I don't know how else I would have met him. You know, I had gone through a divorce and I felt at that time it was hard leaving my family here, but God opened the doors so wide for me to go to Nashville that I, it wasn't a decision that was too difficult at the time, even though it was stretching me out of my comfort zone. And that's where I met Tommy. So I look back now and I see where God has led every step of the way. And I got in his way sometimes, you know, I didn't listen to him. And so it took a little longer to get around. But every step of the way, he's he's been there for me and never let me down. Yeah, and uh, that's the story with all of our lives. When we try and do our own thing, mm. it, it does take longer. And God does eventually just bring us back into, into alignment with him. And yeah. And uh, it's it's cool that he uh, brought Tommy into your life that way. Uh, your song, Go Your Own Way, what inspired that song? And tell us a little bit what that's about. Well, we were we had flown into Los Angeles and had a writing session with a, a brilliant songwriter, Kevin Fisher. And it was arranged through our uh, friend of ours, who's a publisher. And so we, as we landed, we got, turned our phones on. We got word that Tommy's mom had passed away in Colorado from cancer and so we called Kevin and we told him what was going on he said look guys if you need to cancel the songwriting session I understand and so you can get to Colorado and we said no you know she would want us to do this she would want us to write with you and she because she was so supportive of us so so we kept the songwriting session and when we showed up 
Kevin said, um, um, Martina McBride is looking for songs right now for her new album. <clears throat> and she wants to, it's anti-bullying. She wants to um, mm. put out something. She's a mother and she wants to put out something that, that speaks to, uh, to high school kids mainly. So we wrote the song, Go Your Own Way with that in mind. And when we got home, uh, we worked with Kevin over the internet and demoed it and he pitched it to her. And unfortunately she didn't pick it up. But last year when we were going through the, the boxes of demos, like I said, we came across that one. And I said, this has really got a great message. And it even ties in more so now that kids are home and they're, they're mm -hmm. lost, you know, with this pandemic, they're trying to learn online and they're, you know, they can't be with their friends and they don't know. It's so hard for them. So, so we put it out and lo and behold, we ended up winning the social justice category of the year at the um, empowerment music awards in 2021. And so it just really, the song is a blessing and a gift. And we thank Kevin Fisher for, for the inspiration behind it. Yeah. And that is such an important message uh, to be putting out. I have two young kids myself and I know it was really, really hard for them when they couldn't be with their friends. My daughter was crying because she missed her friends. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely very important. And um, the message to, you know, go your own way, be your own person kind of thing is is very important because oftentimes, you know, if you don't do exactly as your friends do or want to be exactly like them, then, yeah, you are an outcast and and uh, kids are cruel. Kids are. Oh, yeah. It's oh, my really gosh. It, it, like I was a fish out of water when I was in school. I was, you know, I had a little weight problem. I was shy. I, I was singing. I wanted to be a singer. And I just always felt like I didn't fit in. I was, you know, I, I like to write. So I would be an, a creative person in my own thoughts. And, and especially when I hit high school and all my friends are going off to, you know, they want to be teachers, they want to be doctors, they want to be lawyers. And I'm like, well, man, I, I just want to sing. I just want to write songs. And, and so, it, yeah, kids can be cruel. And I had my share of, you know, that whole thing growing up. But like I said, I always had a very supportive grandmother, a very supportive parents. I was, um, had my faith and wonderful teachers along the way who encouraged me to, to pursue my talents and pursue my own path. And so, you know, you just, and you find your way, you find those people who, like I found my Tommy, I found my friends, you know, and you and the kids out there, you will just stay true to who you are and don't stop believing that. And you will find your 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 people. They will come to you. Yeah. And I was kind of in with every single crowd. I I had uh, I was the kind of person that, you know, people just were relaxed around, but I didn't have any close friends. Yeah. Uh, and uh, eventually I ended up becoming really good friends with uh, my wife who I went to grade went to school with since grade three and we just kind of started hanging out more and more and my stepmom she worked with my stepmom actually at uh, the shop where my stepmom worked and uh, my stepmom was like oh she's a really nice girl you should you should really date her you should really really get to uh, ask her out and I'm, I'm just like no we're just friends I didn't want to ruin that and I had right. no no intentions of dating <laughs> until after I was done college college was going to come first well god had other plans and right. uh halfway through grade 12 I ended up asking her to go to prom and then shortly afterwards I uh ended up asking her uh if we could start dating and we set up ground rules because we wanted to be friends you know if uh yeah. if we ended up breaking up because we ended up we were so so close and uh, I just ended up spiraling and going going great and we ended up 
getting married and it was fantastic. That's beautiful. I uh, love what you said, Tony, about setting ground rules too, because that, I think, you know, I think that's the, the key to, to a great relationship is, is open discussion right off the bat. Like what's the most important thing here. And for you guys, it was the same as with us friendship. And so we had that same conversation, Tom, you know, plus we were writing songs together. So we were, so the same as you, we said like, you know, if this doesn't work out as a romantic couple, you know, our friendship comes first. We're not going to, we're not going to let that get blown out of the water. And so let's really take our time. And I remember that, that there was a point early on in our relationship where I was like, Tommy is, you know, he's so slow. Like he's like taking forever for this thing to move forward. What's going on? And I realized it was, and I talked to him about it and he says, because I respect you, Tia. He said, I don't want for you to ever think that I would I would try to push you somewhere you're not ready for and I was like oh my gosh that was huge that was huge to hear a man say that you know yeah and I, th I think like you said it's important for for young people to hear that mm -hmm. that you know relationships when we my, my daughter always talks about getting married and having kids and she's like seven uh and uh she well I guess she just turned eight but uh she uh just is so obsessed with I want to have babies eventually and then it's just like uh -oh. yeah don't rush it don't <laughs> rush it having a baby and actually having to take care of that baby is yeah. very different than being able to hold other people's babies and play with other people's babies that's right that's and right. Uh, so I think it is important for kids to, to know set ground rules yeah. when you get into a relationship because uh like you say you don't want to be pushed into some place where God doesn't want you to be where you don't want to be, That's where right. you end up with teen pregnancies, you end up with uh, people having kids out of marriage, and then it ends up being a real mess for, for the kid. And people don't think about the kids in those situations. Like That's right. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And especially nowadays, I mean, you see that so easy, like, people are just, you know, and it's, it's kind of where our generation is at. And um, I think about your little girl, and I, and I remember, when, when we were in school, do you remember the teacher used to send home a, a, a raw egg in a little napkin and the kids had to take care of that egg <laughs> and, and that was a job. Had they, had to, they had to take care of the egg so it didn't get broken and you had to carry it with you wherever you went and make sure. So it was kind of a lesson in nurturing, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, so maybe you could try that with your daughter. Give her give her a little egg and a little blanket and say, OK, you want to babies? This is what it's like. You, you have to take care of this egg for two weeks. It it stays with you nonstop and you can't break it. <laughs> yeah. Our my brother, uh, his wife just had had a baby a few months back and uh, yeah, it's she was screaming all Thanksgiving for the longest time because she was tired. And I'm just like, we said to my daughter, we're like, see, you can't just walk away. Like the, right. <laughs> the baby's there. Like everybody was trying to console it while mom was trying to was trying to help in, in, in the kitchen. And uh, that did not work out. She had to end up coming back. And we're just like, well, let's if we'll, the rest of us will deal with, with everything else. <laughs> so it was it was kind of a good lesson for my daughter. Yeah. Uh, but uh I love what you've been doing with your book, Jake the Road Dog, uh, which we mentioned earlier, and that the funds go to the Dolly Parton Imagination Library. Uh, so can you tell us a little about that partnership uh, as well as uh, about the book? Well, when we were living in Nashville, we adopted um, a shelter dog, and he was part Husky and part Australian Shepherd, and we named him Jake, and we brought him home, and he was so broken, and so he had been abused, and he was about a year old, and he wouldn't eat. Like I remember we had him for like two days and he wasn't eating and 
we're watching TV and he's just sitting in front of the TV staring at us. And so <laughs> I remember I opened his mouth and put spaghetti in his mouth and he ate it. And after that, he started to come around and started to trust us. And, <clears throat> and um, eventually we, we took him on the road with us and he became my dog. He would not leave my side. I've had dogs my entire life and um, rescue dogs and shelter dogs, but Jake was special. He just was like a child for me. And so we started taking him on the road. He would sit up on stage with us. Uh, people started requesting that Jake go on stage with us. And is Jake gonna be here? And so one day we're backstage at a festival and we're talking to another artist and we're talking about how important our road dogs are to us. And, and uh, you know, we have to get hotel rooms that allow dogs and, and whatever. And, and I thought, wouldn't this be a cool book for kids? Uh, like the life of a musician only through the road dog's eyes. So I wrote Jake the Road Dog, D-A-W-G. And like I said, we started doing school events with him. I started doing chapters in Indigo. Um, Jake loved his Indigo bookstore events. <laughs> he, would, he would prance in and he'd sit there and let people pet him and it was just beautiful. And so then during the pandemic, um, Tommy said, let's start a podcast show. And, and so we talked about it and we called it Jake's Place Songs and Tales, T-A-I-L-S. So we tied in stories about musicians on the road with animal rescue. And along the way, our local uh, Norfolk County where we live started a, a Dolly Parton Imagination Library chapter. And I just love Dolly. I love everything about Dolly. I love what she's doing, what she stands for, her integrity, her business sense, her songwriting. And when I heard that she had the Dolly Parton Imagination Library, it just spoke huge. And so we've had an opportunity to do some benefit concerts here for them. I donate a portion of my book sales to them. And so it's, it's just a really a kind of a no-brainer for me. It's just a great, great fit for what yeah. we're doing. And I do love, I, I love Dolly Parton. Um, not a fan of all of her music, but uh, uh, there's some that, that she puts out that I just I really like, especially her one of her latest ones uh, yeah. that, that she did. Uh, it's, it's really catchy. And uh, it, she's never given up her morals oh, uh, her, no. or any of that, like mm -hmm. so many people do when they get into the industry. Yeah. Uh, you, you see yeah. them start out, even some of them with Christian foundations. I'm thinking of one pop singer right now. I won't mention her name, but, uh, and she's, given up her morals uh and now she just believes basically she's like oprah and believes whatever yeah. whatever her guests believe uh, or yeah. her people believe it. yeah. and it's just uh it's sad to see so it's really inspir inspiring when you see musicians like yourself or dolly parton who don't give up th that integrity and in their morals or even carrie underwood during their career yeah. it's it, it's it's important uh, for kids to see especially as it a role is model. and to stay you know the one thing i like about dolly too is she doesn't get onto social media and start um blasting out her beliefs um or her point of view she stays you know very just which i believe is christ-like i think that's non you know the non-judgmental non she's just this is who i am this is you know and i'm here to make some music and i'm just here to spread you know beautiful message and and I really like that, that, that she's, you know, because during that whole, especially the first, you know, we had an election that went crazy down the States mm -hmm. and there was so many hurtful things that people were throwing on there, both sides of the it's, political spectrum. It still are. It still are. Yeah. You know? it's, it's yeah. And it's going to fire up again now. And unfortunately. And so I just think it's, yeah, let's just, you just stay, go your own way. Right. Kind of yeah. thing. Keep that messaging.
yeah and back when i did politics i i was kind of uh i i got death threats from antifa black lives matter and i got hate mail from the right because i called them both out and called both sides yeah <laughs> oh because yeah. i'm like somewhere we need to grow up and start stop being kindergartners yeah. and start being adults and actually go back to having conversations yeah and uh, instead of spewing hate and okay. uh it's like right. we need and, and that's kind of where this all came about is we need messages of hope and love yeah, and inspiration right. and, and encouragement rather than the hate that we see spewed everywhere yeah uh because yeah it is it, it's really it can be discouraging and disheartening and you, it's no wonder suicide rates are so high right now higher than but, they've ever been well tony i i absolutely agree and i think people need a safe a safe place to go right like yeah. um Early on, when social media, you know, Facebook, I was putting on my political point of view thinking, oh, what's it going to hurt, you know? Um, and then I had one fan who messaged me and from Kansas and said, you know what, I've just thrown all your CDs in the trash can. You've offended me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So after that, I, I saw what what Dolly was doing, how and I thought, you know, really, I is that the messaging I want as an artist that 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 people have to feel like if they're going to follow me, they have to be in my political realm? Who am I really to say what my political realm even is? Like, that's my business. So my job as a singer songwriter is to inspire people, to make them feel safe, to make them feel happy, to make them feel loved. So <clears throat> so that's when I just decided I'm not putting anything up there. I'm going to. And so so a testimony for that was one day my dad said, um, one of his friends who lives in Arizona um, was following us on Facebook. And he said to, to my dad, you know what I really like about T and Tommy? He said, I feel like I can go to their, their Facebook page and I'm not, and, and it's all positive stuff. I go there when I need an uplifting um, and, and they're always, and she's always positive. And that to me was like, okay, that's cool. That's, mm -hmm. that's the artist I want to be not that someone's going oh wow Tia's you know she should run for <laughs> office you know it's like that's not me I'm not a politician um I have my political views and if we were in a room I would love to debate but but that's not my role that's not my job I'm a singer songwriter yeah. and wanting to inspire people well it does kind of irk me a lot of times when I see a lot of these people in big positions especially actors they're terrible oh. for this and they try and sway people yeah. one way or the other in terms of their political views. And it's like, could we just focus on what you're supposed to be? And that is an actor. Right. Why are you trying to sway people politically one way or the other? Can we just have an election based upon someone's platform instead of based upon all the hatred or digging up dirt on the other person? That's right. Why does politics right. have to be a dirty game? Can we just not... Tell us what your platform is mm -hmm. and let's vote based on your platform. And you actually follow your platform, not have some hidden agenda that you pull out when you're elected. Because not an award show or something like that. Yeah. They, yeah. The other thing is they, they stand up at the award shows like the Oscars or something. And, and we're probably going to get people disagreeing with us today and sending us messages. I, I'm but, used to it. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's that's personally what I think. Like we're there to watch. If we're watching the Oscars, we're there to watch actors you're, you're our actor, you were in this movie that we loved. Um, we want we want to see you you as a human being up there, you know, saying, I'm so grateful for this award. I'm so grateful that I'm an actor. I'm so grateful that I'm able to work with these amazing people. I was able to do this role. And let us into that part of, I don't want to stand up there. I don't want to watch your political point of view. Yeah. Like, like that, you said. That's you know? why I stopped watching sports. 
because uh, I, I always said, you know, I was huge into hockey, huge. It, it was it was definitely a major part of my life was hockey. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they started going woke. They started bringing everything else into it. I'm like, I watch sports to get away from all right. the stuff going on in society. Right. Can we not just watch a sports game without having yeah. to try and appease any particular group of people? And I don't care who which group of people they are. I'm Métis. So I mean, it's, uh, I, I really don't care who you're trying to appease. Let's just put all that aside so we can watch a game or watch a movie or TV show. Why do they have to bring in everything into these TV shows? Let's just give us like you say a safe place a safe place where we can just go to escape because that's why I watch sports Mm -hmm. so when sports went woke I dropped I don't watch any sports anymore I don't follow it I don't care um because uh, you know it's it's frustrating I just want like you say a safe place an escape some place to go yeah and for me when I when I choose songs to listen to I choose songs that don't have any of that in it because I just want to listen to music to escape I want to get away from that that's that's exactly right. And that's what, you know, we have to, as as God's children, too, we all have our own gifts and we all have our own um, talents. And, and I really think that that's, you know, you have to ask yourself, what is my role here? You know, we, we talk about we're all parts of the, the body, right? Like the, the body, the Christ body. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone doesn't have to be the arm. Everyone doesn't have to be the political arm, you know? Um, so be the smile today that someone that you just brighten someone's day just be the smile you know yeah or be the ear be the yeah. be the listener that today you listen to someone how about that right yeah which is why it's so great when you see a, a church come together which a lot of them are divided right now which again is another topic that drives me nuts but it, it's great when you see churches and church people working together mm-hmm. because it's like like you say they all have different gifts that they've been given and we're all equipped differently. And our role is to share God's love with the world and be a light mm-hmm. uh, for Christ because Christ was our lamp at our feet. So we need to be ready to go out there and share the gospel. And the only way that you're going to get a chance to share the gospel is if you are showing love Amen. and you are showing hope. Otherwise, people are going to be like, how dare you? Like, mm-hmm. y- you're no better than this person here. And we aren't any better. But in the way you're acting you're no better than that person there who's spewing hate that's right that that's not the story i want for my yeah. life yeah yeah um so I, I love i love what you're doing um and uh really really appreciate all that i want to leave us off with a piece of advice um so what piece of advice would you have for young musicians out there uh particularly kids uh who are really starting to get into music uh, what advice would you have for them well i think the words of the song say it all go your own way yeah. Um, you know, just when I first started singing and writing songs, I had, you know, I remember like I was so close to Toronto that I had the the people say, oh, you need to sound like this jazz singer. You need to be, you know, you need to get some some jazz in your voice or you need to um, you need to write like this. You need to write these kind of songs so that so that, you know, major label artists um, I remember one time I was sitting in a publishing meeting in Nashville and the publisher was very brutal and he knew who I was. He knew, and this, I'd been there living there for a while and I walked in and first of all, he made some comment about, you know what we say to Canadians, go home. 
And I said, oh, that's nice. You know, so anyway, I'm sitting there thinking, well, this isn't, this isn't going the way that I planned it. And he listens to this beautiful song that I wrote called Conductor for a Day. And, um, or no, it was Ought to Be Rock. That, that was Ought to Be Rock by now. And I had written it with Rick Giles. And the song is so moving and so tender. And the basic premise of it is, you know, I've, I've been through hurt and I've been through love and I've been through tears. My heart ought to be rock by now, but it's not, it still bleeds and it still, you know, feels. So he listens to the song and he says, this is an amazing song. Um, but it's too, how do I say this to Joni Mitchell? And I said, oh, thank you. And he goes, no, I don't mean that as a compliment. <laughs> I mean, and he pulls up this board and he says, here are the artists that are looking for songs right now. Um, they're 17 years old. They're girls who want to talk about sex and boyfriends. And, and I want you to write, take it. Yeah, maybe, baby, you've hurt me so much. Um, I ought to be a rock by now. And I'm like, I don't really think so. I just don't think this is a good fit. And I, <laughs> I said, said, thank you very much for the meeting. Thank you for the time. And I left and I went home and I said to Tommy, you know what? Um, we got to just do our own thing. I'm not, I don't even want to meet with these people anymore. And that's when we realized the words of the song, go your own way. And you can't go wrong. If you go your own way, you will never go wrong. You may not get the big thing that you want at that time, but God will always show you because he had a better plan. Yeah. Yeah. And, and God definitely will guide. Uh, he's, he is our rock. He is, he's been my rock in so many times when uh, I, I've thought there's been, been nothing left for me and uh, he's shown me otherwise. And uh, it's, it's amazing. So definitely um, if you're going your own way and, and making sure that that aligns with God, that mm -hmm. is definitely definitely the, the best way to go and for young musicians i think that they're going to have a lot of fun if they do that uh because they they won't necessarily fit into every single um groove that is supposed to be in society uh right. they can they can make their own road which is why i think it's awesome to see all these indie artists coming out yeah and... absolutely and 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 the music changes like remember this guys this is what someone told me early on in my career too um two things it always changes. It's like a moving target. And if you're trying to write for this moving target, you'll never hit it. So just forget about the moving target. Forget about what's happening right now, because by the time your song gets out there, it's going to have changed anyway, the, the industry, the flavor of the month. Um, and also, one bit of advice I had was songwriting is so important for an artist. As you get older and your life changes and your priorities change and, you know, songwriting is still something you can do when you're 90 years old you can be writing a song and as long as it's coming from the heart it will connect it will connect with a five-year-old it connect with your eight-year-old daughter you know um so just so so keep your songs real keep them from the heart and never give up on your songwriting that to me is a it's not only as it's 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 um, a way to keep your career going, but it's also self-expression as an artist. It keeps you in touch with who you are as an artist as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love songwriting. It is it is such a, a great escape, um, and mm -hmm. it's a, a great way to just get what you're feeling down onto paper instead yeah. of getting it stuck in your head. And uh, yeah, sometimes yeah, it turns into something beautiful. Like, <laughs> and uh, it's it's amazing. So thanks for coming on and sharing today. Uh, it's been a really great chat. You're welcome back on anytime. Oh, Tony, this has been wonderful. And I hope we get out to Saskatchewan soon and see you guys in person. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cool Explorations. You've just been listening to Canadian Country 
music singer and songwriter Tia McGrath, and she's been talking about her music, uh, how God's been at work throughout her life, uh, as well as her single, Go Your Own Way, her work with the Dolly Parton Imagination Library, which is fantastic, and uh, her book, Jake the Road Dog, that all the proceeds go to the Dolly Parton Imagination Library, so really, really cool. If you would like to reach me for any reason, you can do so at tpeters745 at gmail.com.